Welcome to another episode of the Bipolar Disorder Moment. Today on our show, we have my friend Shada. Shada and I know each other through a mutual friend, and we're going to talk about what it's like to have, be a friend of somebody who has bipolar disorder. Actually, to be the friend of somebody of two people who have bipolar disorder. And we're going to talk about myself and another friend we are going to call Nicole for the interview. Hi, Shadna. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Are you excited about this interview? I'm a little excited for sure. <laughs> I've never really talked about this topic. No? I'm no. sure you'll be great. Thank you. Um, so first, maybe you could introduce yourself sure. to our listeners. Of course. Hi, everybody. My name is Shadna. I'm an organizational change management specialist, and I work across industries providing help to people that are going through change. And so instead of just helping with business process changes, I'm really looking at the people side of change. So I'm happy to be here with Alan and talk about our friend. <laughs> and we're calling her Nicole. How long have you known Nicole? I've known Nicole for over seven years. We met as researchers at a university locally. Cool. So what's it like to have two friends who have bipolar disorder, just kind of in general, just so we have kind of a context for the whole, the whole thing, you know? Absolutely. It actually is a pleasure to have friends that have bipolar. I've been very, very lucky to be able to meet two of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. And I really think that, you know, putting aside the disorder and looking at two people that are actually genuine, kind, generous people really speaks to the fact that anybody that's encountered somebody with mental illness like bipolar should really consider the individual and not the disorder. I've been well, quite fortunate. Well, thank you, Shanna. That's that's touching that you'd say that about us. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay, so now more specific questions about having friends who have bipolar disorder. So I've only seen Nicole when she's been hypomanic, and obviously you've seen that maybe more than once. What's it like from a friend's perspective? What is that like to have one of your friends be hypomanic? Um, it's a little bit sad to watch sometimes. I feel that um, when she's in a good state, she's just like anybody else, you know, happy-go-lucky. And then she goes through these various moods that are quite extreme. And that is the flip side of it, like having a friend that's super generous and sweet and loving and caring and then having to see them suffer is quite hard to watch. And also knowing that you don't have the ability to help them um, is another stressful point of being part of that experience. And so the helplessness you feel as a friend, and I'm sure as a family member that has to engage with you know, a loved one that's going through something so uncontrollable, 
is very heart-wrenching sometimes. Well, I've never asked anybody that. <laughs> That's really interesting. So when they're hype, even in hypomania, like I think if you have bipolar disorder, you have the perception that people are happier to be around you when you have hypomania, but it's, you still find it sad. It's sad because it's extreme. It's not, you know that they're going through something that they can't control. And even though, you know, um, they seem like on this big high for a long time, it's just way too extreme. The, the emotionality associated with that feeling is way too extreme. And it, it, and you could tell it's not very comfortable. Like there's less sleep, you know, they, it's not, they're not reacting in a way that you would expect somebody to be reacting. And that's where I say it's heart wrenching sometimes because you know that when they're in that phase, they have to take the opposite phase eventually. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's just the fact that you know that they're going through these extremes and it, it, you could tell that it's not exactly the best place to be. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can answer this, but could you maybe expand on what it means, that helplessness? Is it what just... Well, when I mean helpless, I mean that, you know, you watch an individual going through these extreme mood states and there's nothing you can do because you know what the consequences are of it. Mm -hmm. And so I would say as a friend or a family member that has people in their lives and watching this, you just know what the end result will be. And so I would say it's kind of helpless to watch. And even if they're on medication, sometimes the medications aren't effective mm -hmm. and you just... You just kind of stand there and wait until things really crumble and there's nothing you can do about it. And that feeling of helplessness is, can be tr quite stressful and traumatic. Mm -hmm. Stressful and traumatic. Hey, because mm -hmm. something is it something is so extreme is going on. And I guess normally you'd be able to do something. Exactly. And to be honest with you, I think if, you know, I hadn't seen what the consequences are of it and seen our friend in that state where she was hospitalized, I don't think that I would be saying what I'm saying today, but I've seen where things can go and how bad things can get. And before, if you asked me a few years ago, before she ever had the first episode I've seen, mm -hmm. I would have never spoken like this. Hmm. So it's the knowledge that you have now of where it can go that makes it more sad for you because you understand bipolar disorder a bit better now? I definitely, just by seeing where it could lead you to. Because some people can manage and then sometimes you end up with an episode and in that episode, you really have no control. Mm -hmm. And if you're hospitalized, you're at a pretty bad state. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that at least a couple of times. Okay. So maybe we can move to the hospital part of it. What's it like for you? What was it like for you to go to a psych ward? Like for me, it's different because I go when I'm ill. So I have an entirely different. After a while, it actually becomes kind of normal. <laughs> but I, What's it like if you don't have bipolar disorder or mental illness when going to the psych ward? I would say that for me, just reflecting back on even my first experience, it's an eye opener. 
Mm-hmm. I really feel like when I enter a psych war, I'm in a different world. People mm-hmm. don't see my Sorry. Something's funny. There's nothing normal about that. Yeah. And then to see my friend in that ward and see her in a way that I've never seen her before Mm -hmm. is sad. Yeah. Because I normally see her as somebody who's jovial, kind, caring. And then I'm seeing this individual who's in a completely different state. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to me what do you mean like it's a completely different world like how would you describe it (laughs) that's a very good question i kind of this is a zoom call and she just looked at me (laughs) where you're actually seeing an image of walking into a, a psychiatric ward and exactly what you see in a movie or a sitcom when they're entering a psych ward is what I saw when I entered a psych ward to visit my friend or our friend. And I don't know if that will help any of our viewers or listeners who have not <laughs> been to a psych ward before, but the atmosphere is very different. Different how? Can you well, describe? You basically have no control over anything. You don't have anything you can't hold a knife you can't like when you're eating it, just things are so different you yeah. know you're always watched like you're in a common area usually and yeah. you have these people watching you all the time oh so and then you have extreme cases of um, psychosis so you don't have yeah. just bipolar patients you have people suffering from schizophrenia and other kind of mental disorders and mm-hmm. they're extremes so even if our friend was in a state of just a bliss like because she's medicated she's you know seemed to be mending she's still amongst people that are really really sick yeah Mm -hmm. it is quite it's quite the the visual to be honest i don't i don't recommend everybody go to a psych ward to check it out just to see how (laughs) But I, I do have to say it, it is a place that you don't want to be unless you need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just for me, there's, it, when you're actually there, it doesn't seem as surreal, I guess, because when you go in, you're, you are as sick as everybody else. And then you find people that are sort of, you can kind of relate to because you meet other people who have bipolar disorder and and the other characters that are wandering around, you kind of get used to them. Mm-hmm. There's one guy who, sorry, I think this is funny. I don't know if it makes me a bad person. <laughs> who thought he was, he thought he was a manager of the, uh, of the hospital and he was going around and he was, he was telling the nurses to go on their, go on their breaks and doing stuff like that. So, I don't know. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to note is the fact that you're locked in that yeah. ward. And the fact that you can't leave the ward is something that made me even more sad. Yeah. Yeah, there's things about the psych ward that I think I don't know if it's necessary. 
Like as soon as you get put in, you lose all your clothes and you can only wear the hospital gown. And you have to you have to behave, I guess, to earn your clothing privileges back. I think that's a little harsh. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So okay, on to the more maybe difficult topic. Um depressive episodes. Have you seen Nicole in depressive episodes? I have, and we've spoken about it. And one of the things that I've seen in recent years when she does go into a depressive episode, it's extreme. And that's why I say when, you know, she's in the hypomania mania phase and then she's moving over, I know when she's in that phase that nothing good could come of that. Yeah. And so I would say that when she's in her depressive phase, she loses energy. This individual is so energetic, mm-hmm. but then when she's moving into that state, she's a completely different person. She doesn't have energy to do anything. She could barely walk sometimes. It, it's horrible. And I don't wish that on anybody because seeing somebody that goes from one extreme to another, and even on her in a regular state, or I would say a state of normalcy, she's quite energetic. She can get a lot done. Um, She's quite productive. But then when she ends up in the depressive state, everything stops. Like she can't even function. And she's a generally happy person too, right? She's always pleasant, kind of fun and happy. Definitely. I haven't seen her in a maybe a severe depressive state that I've imagined you've seen her in, but she's such a happy person. One of the most happiest people I've ever met and celebrates little things. So so to see her in a severe depressive episode must be hard. It is hard because you just know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So on to an even more difficult topic. I warned you with this question, so I hope it's okay to ask. Um, I, I haven't met her when she's suicidal. I assume she's like the rest of us. She's been suicidal. Can you talk about that a little bit? I can a little bit, and a lot of it I really can't share. And the only reason I say that is because I don't have the level of insight that you would think I would have because she's she's pretty private when she gets into that state. And I could tell you at least once when she basically told me the psychiatrist was admitting her to the hospital, um, to the psych ward, it was because she was suicidal and... She hadn't disclosed that before to me when she gave me that phone call. On the phone call, she told me, and I'm like, what do you mean he's admitting you against your will? Mm-hmm. Literally, she's sitting in the psychiatrist's office. A security guard is waiting with her until the ambulance came to take her because he wasn't let her out of the office. And apparently, she had written in a book or she shared with him what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out that she was actually suicidal because she's been keeping them yeah. from everything. Mm-hmm. She kind of suffered in silence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I went to her home mm-hmm. and I saw the condition of her home mm-hmm. and realized she was not functioning. 
Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty close with her. I was seeing her not so regularly at the time, just simply because we were both very busy. But I felt guilt that I didn't realize that she was in that state before she ended up in the hospital. Guilt, hey? Yeah, because I walked into her home and it was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. It was as if somebody was living there but literally didn't care anymore and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible state. Wow, I can't imagine her like that. It's very sad. So what was it like to get that phone call? And when she told me, I thought she was joking. Really? I, I actually didn't, I didn't really believe her until she provided me with some details and told me the security guard is here and this is where mm-hmm. she's going. Um, I, I didn't really believe her. It clicked into me when she said that she was being forced to go in the securities there. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then and then and the reality really set in when I visited her the first time mm-hmm. in the hospital but what does it what does it feel like to realize that that is actually a reality that your friend is going through that suicidal ideation that's that strong that she's hospitalized again it's I go back to feeling a sense of helplessness and guilt. Feeling that I should have known that she was going through this and maybe if she had gotten help beforehand, that she wouldn't be in the state. And being somebody living with it, the expectation in my mind wasn't that she should have been aware that she's going through this. It's that people who are around her should actually be observant enough. Notice that there is something wrong. But at that point, we were both very busy people and we weren't meeting each other that often. And we were talking on the phone, but having a phone conversation is not the same as seeing somebody and watching their behaviors and seeing their facial expressions. Yeah. I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. People with bipolar disorder are extremely good at hiding things that are going on for them especially depressive episodes because we just can't function if people know mm-hmm. so we're all pretty good at keeping it together quietly unfortunately sometimes mm-hmm. so oh it's really interesting to hear from your perspective it's very emotional actually it's actually bringing me back to that time and I think for me the hardest part was not, not only knowing that she was being admitted, like in me, in me, I had some relief knowing that she would get some help, but it's entering her home the first time is what is yeah. really me. And for a long time after that, it stuck with me. And the only reason I actually went into her home is because she had two cats and she needed the cats taken care of, or else I probably wouldn't have entered until maybe a week later or so, but I did enter a pretty close to when she was admitted and found it in quite the condition. Mm. Yeah, it's a very sad illness, hey? I guess when you talk about it, it seems even sadder (laughs) to see it from your perspective, for sure. Okay, so to get us back to a place that's not so upsetting, I thought we 
we could finish up with talking about some of her best traits. Sure. I'm well, sorry. I hope this isn't traumatizing you, Charlie. Are you okay? Brought up some feelings that I've had. Yeah. Below. Okay. But it's okay. It's good. I'm sorry. You know? No, no, yeah. it's good. It just speaks to how powerful the experience can be as yeah. someone who is a friend or, you know, has a loved one that is going through this and having to have seen them go through it. That's why I would say that if you talk to me like four years ago or five years ago, when I've never seen her go through this or be hospitalized, my responses might've been very different. Mm -hmm. But as somebody who has been an eyewitness to a friend that has been through it and been in the hospital and visited her in the hospital, and see her go through this multiple times, it's a different feeling mm -hmm. and experience. And that's what I'm speaking about. I can't speak about somebody who's never had a friend that has had a psychotic break. And, you know, up to that point, up to say three years ago, Heather, I'm, Nicole was not. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm calling her every day because it's very, very hard. Not Heather, Nicole. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> Oh no, my no, God. that's okay. Your listeners are probably going to think I'm crazy. No, not at all. Wow. Up until three or so years ago, I never saw that in her. Mm -hmm. I never understood it. And even though you could see that she's going through some highs and lows, they were never extreme in my mind. Mm -hmm. So in terms of Nicole's best traits, I would have to say go so, back to the mind. Anyways. Yeah, Can we sorry. segue a little bit better? Maybe I'm sorry. So you're good? Are you good? I'm good. You're good. Okay. Now we can go to her traits, I guess. Thank <laughs> you for all of that. That was very, yeah. I mean, this conversation is actually a bit more emotional for me than I expected. So, all right, we can move on to her, her traits. All right, Nicole. We'll finish up this way. So Nicole has many traits that are really, really good and positive. And I would have to say, I can't narrow down just a few best traits, but I have to say for anybody who knows Nicole, she's quite generous, loving, caring individuals, individual. And she's also extremely smart and knowledgeable. And even though she is suffering with this disorder, she seems to be able to prevail. And I have to say going through some extreme situations and being hospitalized and having to recover in my mind, she's done amazing. She's strong, she's brave, and she's managed to be able to be a fully functioning individual despite the fact that she's been through so much trauma. And so I'd have to say, you know, if I look at some of her top traits, I would say being strong, brave, kind, generous, all of those packaged into one person, she's pretty amazing. And that's how I would conclude that about Nicole is that, you know what, if you've met her and you know of her and you've interacted with her, you would see exactly what I'm seeing. Wow, that was really well said. I was going to take a turn, but I don't think I could top that. That was really well said. Other than that, I'll agree with all of that, including awesome. the amazing. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for your honest and... Um, insights about what it's like to have a friend 
who has bipolar disorder, I really appreciate it. I'm sure my listeners will really appreciate your perspective too. So thank yeah, you for being here. One more thing before I leave. Oh, absolutely. So we talked mostly about Nicole, but we didn't really talk much about you, but I have to say you're pretty amazing yourself. Oh, thank you, Shadna. And although I've not seen you, thankfully, in that state, Mm -hmm. I do know that you've been through it quite a few times now. And Mm -hmm. I'm always impressed when, you know, individuals like you and Nicole are able to pull yourself out of it. Okay. Thank you, Shadna. That's very kind. And thanks for being on the show. And thank you to all my listeners for listening today. This has been another bipolar disorder moment. Goodbye.